Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. It is time now for Tell Me Why. And like every week at this time, Graeme Finley joins the News Talk to answer a question that has perplexed our listeners. Today's question Why do I continue to bite my nails? even with that disgusting tasting nail varnish on them. Graeme joins us on the line. Graeme, how are you today? Not bad, how are you? I'm very well indeed. Um, I'm happy to say I've, probably, I've never uh, bitten my nails. I don't know if this reflects well or badly on me because it seems that you you might be able to make an argument that perfectionists are the people who, who chew their nails. But um, how common is is biting on your nails? It's extremely common. So you're not quite in the minority, Tom, but uh, but you're almost in the minority. Not to have bitten your nails at any point in your in your life, and you know I think you you hit the nail on the head with you know, who bites their nails. Lots of people bite their nails, and they do so for lots of different reasons, uh, which is why it's really hard to to get yourself out of. So 30% of seven to ten year olds bite their nails. 45% of teenagers bite their nails in, at, at some point. And about 20 to 30 percent of adults bite their nails in some ways. And and what's really striking about about this question is clearly that the, the listener wants to stop biting their nails. And one of the thing, first things I had to sort of think about was, you know, how pathological is it? Now, one of the ways we can tell something's a disorder is if it's really affecting your life in a negative way, if it's harming you. And biting your nails can, if you do it too much, can actually lead to all sorts of different problems with your fingers, your teeth. It can pass infections on. Your fingers can become infected. Your your gut can become infected. It's all, you know, lots of bad things can happen. But if it's just occasional, right, or if it's if it's not causing any tremendous amounts of harm, then, you know, we, we might not even describe it as a disorder. And, and then finding out what kind of disorder it is, even if it is a problem, um, has, has vexed scientists who, to be fair, admit that they haven't studied the issue as much as they should. So um, right. that's, there's a lot of lot going on. What really occurred to me is, you know, some people say the real problem, the harm which is coming from nail nail biting is the social stigma that, that people really treat you yeah. worse if you're a nail biter. And I'm not totally sure. I just don't know how much disgust um, is felt towards nail biting, you know, in the wider community. So I'd well, like to hear about that. I, I think it's unsettling, uh, Graham. I think if you're sitting beside somebody who's doing it, it really gets under your skin. It's not something you like. And... You know, you, you, it, it does get under your skin. It has the noise of it. Something about it is unsettling, yeah, and you want these people to stop. I didn't. I didn't think about the noise. Yeah, the noise would be. Um, it, it could be a mixture of chewing and snapping and and sort of weird gurgling. Uh, yeah. so I could imagine. Yeah, that being any, yeah. and and because uh, you know it, it actually doesn't manifest itself in in actual situations where you're terrified. People don't bite their nails. They're too busy running and screaming, right? You know, um, so it actually tends to manifest itself in, in things like a, a work environment, uh, and and then so so there's an awful lot going on, but. Uh, the, the reason it's so one reason why it manifests itself in a, in a work environment uh, or in in uh, in other contexts you know not social contexts if you're talking to someone you're not usually biting your nails but you might you might be sitting next to someone in work uh, and that's because they they used to think uh, it was just pure anxiety and fear and and you know we talk about sports matches being nail biters you know where people are biting their nails at the end yeah. and that goes back a long way they first talk about this in a sort of seventh in the 17th century uh, but uh, and in fact people have bitten their nails um, celebrities like Cleanthes the philosopher have bitten their nails for 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 ages but it it they, so they did some tests they showed people a really stressful film they just left them in a room uh, 
these are people who are nail biters. Uh, they just left them in a room where they had nothing to do. They showed them a really peaceful scene in a comfy chair. Um, and, and then they gave them a task which, which frustrated them because you couldn't do the task in the time available. Uh, and they found that people bit their nails when they were under immediate stress. Um, and again, perhaps especially when they're under the, you know, certain kinds of people who couldn't perform the task, but, uh, but also okay. when they were bored. And in fact, the boredom theory is the main theory. That's the main occasion on which people bite their nails. If you have nothing to do, you'll bite your nails. And that's because it feels good. And, and, and this leads to it having almost an addictive quality. In fact, it, it often, sometimes they think it is an addiction because it feels good when you do it. It's a sort of self-soothing, self-grooming behavior, which uh, you know, feels good when you do it. But then if you feel guilty about it, uh, afterwards, because everyone's told you you shouldn't bite your nails, then you, you soothe yourself again by doing it, and then you feel guilty again. And this can become quite a vicious cycle, which can lead to sort of pathological nail biting. Right. I mentioned perfectionists, and, and yep. they seem to be targeted at times as people who are very prone to it. What, what's that about? Well, that's, that's, so the perfectionists are people who, who have really almost impossibly high standards and become frustrated very easily. Um, they also um, are focused on perfection, right? Um, and this is not in the sort of, you know, you're in a job interview and they say, well, do you have any vices, right, uh, or faults? They say, well, yes, I'm a perfectionist workaholic, right? You know, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. which I'm sure they see through now. Yes. No actual perfectionism where, again, it's causing you trouble. And, and so these, they become frustrated and, and stressed by, by difficult problems more than the average person, right? They um, don't handle boredom well. Uh, they don't, and then one thing they've dis they've discovered, they don't regulate um, perfectionists and also people who bite their nails don't regulate their emotions very well, right? So they they have a hard time getting away from a, an emotion like frustration or, or 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 stress or anxiety, which which other people can maybe bracket and put away and move on from. Um, perfectionists aren't as good at that as are you know a variety of people with various um, disorders which which are accompanied by nail biting. So, so for all those reasons, what? but they, you might focus on grooming because, again, grooming makes you feel good. But at the same time, the idea of, you know, I think as someone who I don't think I have a real nail biting thing going on. But, you know, you know, you notice that, you know, well, what part of a nail is, is slightly rough, right, or has a slight sort of yep. crack in it. And then you're just going to sort that out, right, get back to work. Um, the same thing is true with other body-focused repetitive disorders like skin scratching, right, or skin picking, uh, or um, pulling out your hair is, is one. Um, nail biting, arguably, is probably the most socially acceptable and the least sort of uh, deforming of, of, of all of these uh, disorders, but it can really mess up your nails. So, so if you're just trying to get everything back to some sort of perfect state, which can't be achieved, yeah. right? which is why it just keeps going and going okay. until you, you actually really do some harm to your nails. I have no nails. And, and, right. then, and then, you know, and then um, it keeps going. Right. I have heard that there could be, there are amongst the many theories is a possible genetic predisposition. How do we yep, feel about that, that? That's also there as well. So, I mean, as, as we've learned about all our discussions about genetics in this slot, you know, it can give you a predisposition to do so. Um, and it does seem like quite a strong contribution. So identical twins, almost always both of them bite their nails. If one of them bites their nails, um, people often have uh, parents who bite their nails, um, you know, if, if they're nail biters, um, they often have a parent who bites their nails. And uh, part of the reason is a lot of the 
thing which is passed on is actually a predisposition to certain kinds of other mental disorders. And nail biting is a really strongly correlated with lots of other disorders, which are which are bigger, right? Like um, ADHD, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, or the the scientists who've, who who study these things, some of them have said have just classified it as an obsessive compulsive disorder. But a lot of the scientists, some of whom are also nail biters, say that it's not quite as simple as that. Uh, it's just is correlated with with certain kinds of other mental disorders, which focus on, on on various things. So, and that's one of the reasons why these things are so hard to shake, because it's it's actually the manifestation of of a much wider set of concerns and a, and a bigger issue, which you can't just get rid of by putting disgusting tasting nail varnish on your on your on your fingernails. Um, but yeah, the genetic contribution is really quite considerable, as is the, con- the okay. contribution to again these wider mental disorders. Right. Um, you mentioned you know that there are consequences to it. I don't, I'm not sure if people are quite aware of how many consequences there are and how many risks you're taking uh, when you're actually engaging in biting your nails. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, so what I saw, which I think we'd really need to to, to have uh, checked out, was that your children might be more likely to attack children who are biting their nails. But even bracketing the social, there are real consequences. It can really mess up your teeth. Um, and in fact, uh, and it can move your teeth out of place if you're a really frantic sort of nail biter. And it can lead to really expensive dental work and, and just real harms. If you swallow the nails, and I realize things are getting a little more disgusting here, uh, you you know that can that can harm your gut, uh, but the big one is infection. Um, you can your nails can get infected by by the the bacteria that live in your mouth. And one of the most fascinating things is different parts of our body are of course full of all sorts of harmful bacteria, which aren't really harmful to the mouth. But if you get them under your fingernails, or if your fingernails are bleeding, then you know the, your fingers can quite quickly become infected. Um, similarly, under the nails, there are all kinds of uh, horrible things which don't normally go into your mouth. And so you can cross-infect yourself with all kinds of nasties, including worms um, from, the, from the anal area, from the anus, which um, I think is probably enough said about that. So, so think, in yeah, terms of yeah, infection, yeah, that, that's really concerning. Um, and then your fingers can, can become quite, quite deformed um, if you are really serious about, about biting. Um, and you can even, you know, it's also painful once you start interfering with the nail bed as um, as anybody who's, who's had a fingernail pulled out accidentally, I hope, uh, can attest. So, so there's all sorts of downsides right. to, to, to nail biting, which is why yeah. people do try to get rid of it. The one thing which doesn't work is punishment, right? So again, this social side, punishment doesn't work any better than a placebo in terms of curing nail biting. And is actually quite counterproductive because it can send people into another spiral of sort of needing to soothe oneself. Okay, um, I, I saw a phrase there. Um, two, the two dirtiest parts of your body hanging out together when you're biting your yeah. nails. Let's, let's try and accept we need to step away from this. But when you're trying to stop, it just, it isn't very easy, is it? No, and it's interesting how many, so even though there's a real lack of research into uh, nail biting and the causes of nail biting, and, and they still don't know that much, there has been a lot of technical innovation. Um, and partly that's because a lot of stuff just doesn't work. Nail biting is really persistent. Um, and so uh, drugs mostly don't work. There, there's one promising drug which might be able to affect uh, things better than a placebo, but you're gonna have to go with something else. And uh, so there's usual forms of therapy where you try and change the habit into something uh, less, less problematic, right? You do something else instead of, 
uh, biting your nails, you squeeze a toy, or you uh, you can ball things up into a fist and so forth. You can put this absolutely horrible tasting varnish on your nails. That's easily acquired. Um, and apparently it's a, it's a substance they put on all kinds of stuff, um, which uh, it's called denatomium or something like that. Um, and it's um, they yeah. put it on all sorts of things to prevent children from ingesting things which are toxic, including Nintendo game cards. Who knew? But anyway, um, this Who apparently knew? is pretty disgusting. It's extremely bitter, but it doesn't always work. So, um, so you, you can have cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, one of the most interesting ones is you get a whole plastic mold for your teeth, which is pretty hard to, for people to see, but obviously you, you know, prevents you from a rubber mold, basically. It prevents you from actually biting your nails. That seems to be the most successful, um, but it's not as extreme as the Pavlock, which is like uh, any other smartwatch, except it also administers extremely powerful shocks to you if you move your hands to your mouth. Uh, so, um, and apparently this is quite discombobulating, but it's not entirely clear whether this, um, the actual shock element of it, and, and these shocks go up to 450 volts, which is really going to knock you flat. Um, because, um, one, it doesn't know whether you're like, you know, putting your glasses on or, or about to bite your nails or <laughs> shock to you just to make sure. Right. Uh, but also, nice. you know, the, the initial one, you had to sort of shock yourself to to. But I think the new one will shock you if you move your hand to your mouth. Um, and so it's for smoking and nail biting and things like that. Uh, but uh also, so it doesn't, you know, the shocks are really bad for you, and people often just take it off because they want to put their glasses yeah. on. But also, um, it's not entirely clear whether it's only really working as a reminder, and so you don't really need the brutal shocks. Um, you okay. could just have a string Seems on your on your wrist, which you see when you when you move your hand to your mouth. Right. It seems pretty extreme. Um, now, you did mention that a lot of the research is quite recent and, and the most modern theories uh, seem to be that it's, it's really related to grooming, isn't it? Yeah. And so they've done various animal studies on the importance of grooming because there's excessive. I mean, this is excessive grooming. And again, it plays into the perfectionism um, angle. Uh, and uh, the animals engage in excessive grooming. Um, cats will lick themselves way too clean and so forth. And, and again, yeah. nail biting has some bad consequences, but excessive grooming on the skin picking variety is really, really worrisome. People have done unbelievably horrible things to themselves. So maybe that's a whole other discussion. But um, so what they did is when they, they took rats who groomed themselves, I know people don't think that when they think about rats, um, and, they, and they sort of gave them some extra feel-good hormones, you know, feel, sort of feel-good chemicals uh, in, in the brain, like they stimulated the production of dopamine and so forth. The rats groomed less than when they're, you know, not getting these chemicals. And, and so, so there's some reason to believe that, um, you know, there is a chemical aspect to this which could be, could be addressed. Um, so, so, yeah, it ultimately comes down to grooming, but grooming which has sort of gone wrong. Uh, and, again, I think that's right. the, the tidiness thing. I mean, I, I, again, I think many of us can relate to this. You know, when some particular irregularity on our person or in our – something we can touch especially, um, you know, that's a really powerful sort of urge to sort of sort that out. Um, and even if we know that picking off a scab is just going to lead to more scabs – um, that yeah. moment you feel like you've corrected something. 
Right. I think I could, that's the one time I think I can relate to it. If you get a little corner on a nail, uh, if they break unevenly or something, you can't leave it alone. Whether you're a nail biter or not, you tend not to be able to leave it alone. Yeah. That and the fact that you can get addicted to pretty much anything. There's no question about that. Um, Graeme, I think if we left them at one word, I think that word would be denatonium. That's the word yeah, they need. Denatonium, um, the, the magic stuff. Yep. Uh, fortunately, not toxic, which is, which is kind of handy. But... Um, that said, I mean, it, clearly the, the listener is not making much progress with the denatonium. I think what they probably need to do is to, and they clearly want to change. I mean, they can stick with the denatonium, but they're going to probably have to go with um, more reminders. Um, and they can really talk to someone yeah. because, again, this is usually part of a bigger picture, which everybody would recognize as a serious mental health issue. And so if they talk, go and talk to their GP or if they talk to, to a, if they have a psychologist, they talk to a psychologist yeah. or a counselor about the, about what might be the larger issue. I think they might be making more progress, both with the denatonium and with any other kind of reminders, short of shocking yourself silly, okay. uh, to try and overcome this. Great. Great stuff. Graham, thank you very much indeed for that. Fascinating as always. If you have a question uh, you want to ask Graham, just send an email to afternoon at newstalk.com. Moncrief on Newstalk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.